Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You are listening to Black History Unveiled, the podcast where we spotlight pivotal moments, influential figures, and groundbreaking movements from Black history, from the continent to the diaspora. Some people question why history is important. They might feel like history, especially Black or African, has nothing to do with them. But how we write and interpret historical events directly influences how we understand ourselves and our present time. Understanding history makes it easier to understand our world today. My name is Amat Levin. I'm a journalist and author living in Sweden. For the past five years, I've been working on a project called Svarthistoria, which means Black History in Swedish. The project began as an Instagram account in April 2018, where I shared short posts about black people's history in Africa and the worldwide diaspora. I had zero expectations and thought only a handful of history buffs might follow the account, but instead it snowballed. By early 2022, The Instagram account had over 70,000 followers, which might not sound like much, but Sweden has a fairly small population. That year, I delved even deeper into this subject. I published an almost 500-page book version of Svartistoria that became well-received here in Sweden. Later that year, Svartistoria became a podcast, and now it's time for an English version. Hence, Black History Unveiled. During these five years, the most common question has been, why? Why do you think it is important to know about black history? And there are several answers to that question. One more personal and one more, I guess, intellectual. Contrary to the stereotype, Sweden is a very diverse country, especially the big cities. But when I was growing up in the 90s, it wasn't as diverse. I could be the only black kid in class. Sometimes only a handful of black children were in the whole school. Plus, a neo-Nazi wave washed over Sweden at the beginning of the 90s. We had a serial killer who targeted immigrants known as Lassermannen, directly translating to the laser man. It was also common to see skinheads roaming the streets. 
My older brother used to warn me not to walk through certain parts of the city because that was where the skinheads were. Of course, in 2023, we have an even bigger problem with racism in this country. The second biggest party, which currently rises in the polls, has neo-Nazi roots and is, as we speak, pushing Sweden to become increasingly far-right and racist. Nevertheless, as a young black boy growing up in that 90s environment I just described, I began to think from an early age about my background, skin color, and place in this country. There were those with an immigrant background who did everything to fit in, to be accepted by the Swedish majority. I sort of did the opposite. I started looking for everything that could teach me about and strengthen my black identity. And since I've always been interested in history, I started getting interested in black history in my early teens. My parents picked up on my interest and gave me lots of books from their collection. I read George Jackson's Soledad Brother and Stokely Carmichael's Black Power, Malcolm X's, Martin Luther King's, and Angela Davis's biographies, Frederick Douglass's My Bondage and My Freedom, and Julius Lester's To Be a Slave. With each book, it dawned on me how little of this I was taught in school. Transatlantic slavery swept past in one textbook, and in English class we got to see a snippet of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. But that was it. And so I kept on teaching myself. As I got older, though, it occurred to me that I mostly learned about black American history, and it made sense in a way. At that time, most black people we saw on television or listened to on the radio were black Americans. I was deep into rap. The first album I ever remember consciously listening to was Easy es Home for the Sick, probably not something a six-year-old should even listen to. I'll have to thank my older brother for that. And I also loved playing basketball. They didn't show the games here, but I followed it through NBA action as best I could. In 97, my brother moved to Miami, Florida, and we used to visit him there every summer. And so I spent much time in Miami in the late 90s and early 2000s. America kind of felt like a second home. But in my late teens, I realized my blackness was not American. It's African. I am born in Sweden, but my roots are in the Gambia, a tiny country in West Africa. So I started learning more about African history, colonial and pre-colonial. I quickly discovered this was something we were taught even less about. If we fast forward to 2018, an idea was sort of growing within me. I had become tired of the continued marginalization of black and African history here in the West, and even more tired of the prejudices that flourished due to the lack of knowledge. So I started the Black History Instagram account to share what I learned from my books. And here we are now. However, it is important to emphasize that this ignorance or lack of knowledge is not random. In the Western world, until quite recently, the general perception has been that black Africa has no history. Listen to this. Quote, 
Perhaps, in the future, there will be some African history to teach, but at present there is none, or very little. There is only the history of the Europeans in Africa. End quote. It was in the introduction to the 1965 book The Rise of Christian Europe that the English historian Hugh Trevor Roper lamented the trend of students thirsting to learn more about the history of black Africa beyond classical stories about the pharaohs of Egypt and the campaigns of Carthage. Roper was a history professor at Oxford University, known for the 1947 bestseller The Last Days of Hitler. In his book, he continues, quote, If all history is equal, as some now believe, there is no reason why we should study one section of it rather than another, for certainly we cannot study it all. Then indeed we may neglect our own history and amuse ourselves with the unrewarding gyrations of barbarous tribes in picturesque but irrelevant corners of the globe. Tribes whose chief function in history, in my opinion, is to show to the present an image of the past from which by history it has escaped. End quote. Trevor Roper's statement was representative of much of the Western world's view of sub-Saharan Africa, still heavily marked by colonialism and before that centuries of slavery. More than a hundred years earlier, the famous German philosopher Hegel had demonstrated similar lines of thought. In Lectures on the Philosophy of History from 1837, he writes that black Africans represent man in his wild and untamed form. Hegel argued that the lack of self-control made progress and the creation of a culture impossible. He wrote, quote, at this point we leave Africa, not to mention it again, for it is no historical part of the world. It has no movement or development to exhibit. Historical movements in it, that is, in its northern part, belong to the Asiatic or European world. End quote. The 19th century British colonial administrator Henry Bartle Freer described Africa like this. Quote, if you read history of any part of the Negro population of Africa, you will find nothing but a dreary recurrence of tribal wars and an absence of anything which forms a stable government. And year after year, generation after generation, century after century, these tribes go on obeying no law but that of force, and consequently, never emerging from the state of barbarism in which we find them at present, and in which they have lived, so far as we know, for a period long anterior to our own. End quote. British Baron Milverton, who served as governor of the Gambia in the 1930s and Nigeria in the 1940s, said this about Africa, quote, for countless centuries, while all the pageant of history swept by, the African remained unmoved in primitive savagery. End quote. In the 1930s, the British ethnologist Charles Gabriel Seligman published his theories about Africa's so-called races, 
he was talking about race in a biological sense. He classified one of them, the Hamites, as a subgroup of the Caucasian race. He proposed that it had migrated in from outside and settled in North and East Africa. According to proponents of this so-called Hamitic hypothesis, Africa had the Hamites to thank for all the development on the continent. Everything from ancient Egypt's pyramids to Ethiopia's churches actually belonged to the European or white sphere. Seligman's book, The Races of Africa, remained in print until 1979. There are many more examples, but you get the point. People like Hegel, Seligman, and Trevor Roper were not the equivalent of internet trolls. They were elevated intellectuals whose words set the tone for ideas about how the world worked. That black Africa, as it is often called, has no history, was a dominant Western view well into the 1960s. For many thinkers of the time, human development was a bit like the classic computer game civilization, where you choose a known civilization and take it from the Stone Age into our time by following predetermined paths of technological discovery. First the wheel, then writing, and so on. For Trevor Roper, Hegel, Seligman, and many with them, History was an ever-advancing and conscious movement, with Western civilization being the latest, most advanced stage, and African civilization the first, most primitive. Africa was only interesting to show what uncivilized and barbaric traditions and ways of life the West had long since left behind. This view created a cycle. As Africa was largely considered devoid of history worth studying, Few attempts were made to study it, resulting in few new discoveries. Archaeology was characterized by similar patterns, contributing to few excavations. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. But it wasn't just ignorance born of a belief in superiority. Over the years, there have also been conscious attempts to erase the history of black people. In A History of Modern Africa, 1800 to the Present, first published in 2009, the English historian Richard J. Reed writes that there were also active attempts to trivialize or co-opt African history during the colonial period. In Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe, for example, the colonial administration censored archaeological findings pointing to Great Zimbabwe's impressive ruins being built by black Africans. Instead, a theory was preferred that it was erected by ancient Phoenician colonizers from present-day Lebanon. This misinformation and censorship continued well into the 1970s. That's practically yesterday. Similarly, the myth was spread that what is today South Africa consisted of empty land before the Europeans arrived, 
a myth designed to give colonizers the same right to the land as the indigenous people they displaced. Although the theory has been disproved, versions of it continue to appear in South Africa even today, especially amongst far-right groups with the goal of legitimizing why descendants of Europeans still own the majority of the land, even though they are a minority. With the African independence movement in the 1960s, historians began to show more interest in pre-colonial African history. Since then, great progress has been made. But the view that dominated for so long has left its mark. In the West, we have generally not focused on learning anything about the history of Africa or black people. And it's strange because Africa has always been connected to the rest of the world. Just take these two periods that people do usually know a little about. The colonial period, which is essential to explain why Africa looks the way it does today, and the transatlantic slave trade, which is absolutely crucial to understanding our modern world. When films or TV shows are produced about transatlantic slavery, the focus is often on the human suffering. And it's obviously good that people get an understanding of how brutal that period was. But my experience is that not nearly as much time is spent on understanding how that period shaped the construction of our world. Just take the U.S., a country built on the backs of the enslaved. That country would obviously look entirely different today had the transatlantic slave trade never taken place if colonizers had not been able to rely on free labor in the form of enslaved Africans for hundreds and hundreds of years. But despite its incredible importance for our time, I feel like a big chunk of people do not know why it happened, how it could occur, the mechanisms behind it, and so on. Colonialism and the transatlantic slave trade is probably the first thing many people think of when they think about the history of Africa south of the Sahara and yet so many know so little about it. Sometimes people say, but take the history of other regions, Japan, Iraq, India, how much do we in the West know about that? And it's true, we don't know much. Most of us don't have direct knowledge. We can't name historical rulers or important dates. But I'd argue most still know that these places have a rich history. But as we've seen with the previous examples, traditionally, this hasn't been the case with Africa. When the West talks about the history of black Africa, there is still a tendency to look at the continent as a country, or to begin with slavery or the colonial era, as if black history begins with the arrival of Europeans, much like Hegel, Seligman, and Trevor Roper believed. And that's, of course, very far from the truth. These still existing views are a big part of why I started this project back in 2018, to showcase the rich history of Africa and black people worldwide. But another common question I've gotten here in Sweden is, why do you focus on black and not African history? Partly because I don't just focus on the history of Africa. In this podcast, you will hear stories from everywhere black people have their history. So Africa, but also Europe, North and South America, the Caribbean, the Middle East, even East Asia. 
but also because it is specifically the history of black Africans that has been pushed aside the most. When we talked about African history in school, we focused on ancient Egypt and ancient Carthage. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have learned about those cultures. Of course we should. But it was clear that the little African history brought up in school was North African. The common denominator for the widely different cultures I'll talk about in this podcast is that they have historically been lumped together and considered insignificant precisely because they are the product of black people. Again, all of this drove me to start this project here in Sweden and now branch out in English. Through my years of working with this, I've made it clear that I'm a journalist, not a historian. I'm not producing new research. I'm simply sharing what I've learned from reading copious amounts of historians' work. A comprehensive list of sources will therefore accompany each episode. The podcast's goal is not to pose as an expert or to claim I have all the answers. The goal is just to make a small contribution to increase people's interest in this topic. There will always be more to say than what can fit in these episodes, but I hope this podcast can spark some curiosity or maybe show people where they can learn more about black history. There are tons of writers, historians, podcast creators, and activists with similar missions. Hopefully, the collective effort can make a difference. There you have it. Now you know a bit more about me and my hopes for this podcast. Thank you for listening. The first actual or main episode is available in the feed right now. It's about Tumasankara and his struggle to make Burkina Faso stand on its own two feet. A fight that cost him his life. I'll see you guys there. Peace. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.